Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Great to see you all this morning. My name is Tom. Um, good morning. Welcome to Global Church Aiken. If you it's your first time here, a real big welcome to you. If it's not your first time here, then a real big welcome to you as well. With my wife, we're the, the city pastors of the Global Churches in York, and it's uh, my honour and privilege to speak to you this morning. And just like I'll do a bit, little bit of admin housekeeping, but yeah, like we said, there's all this stuff going on, right? And basically, someone doesn't want Liverpool to win the league, do they? Right? You know, we're with them, really. Um, but um, I'm joking. Just trying to keep it like Gallows here. But... Um, but just, we, just so you know, for future weeks, we are listening to all the advice. But you know what? Our model of church works brilliantly. Because with churches of 100 or less, the, the numbers that they say, 500 or less, so we're fine, we can keep on meeting. But within that, we've got dinner parties. We've got um, online stuff that we're going to set up that people can connect in with as well. So we're not going to stop whatever comes through. We're, we're going to find a way. This is the adventure of church planting. This is the adventure that we're on. It's like, oh, there's some little virus getting in the way of declaring the world of God because people need us. People need to hear the truth. It says in Isaiah, is it 69, Dave? Arise and shine, for your light has come. Uh, something like that, thanks. But that's it. And tonight we've got a praise night. I want to tell you, come, come down. Like, when we figured this out, obviously we didn't know that, like, what was going on would be going on uh, when we put the date in a couple of months ago. But, and and we will praise and and we'll declare victory over what's going on. But it's just good to be here together and and realise that together we're going to be stronger. We can declare some things. We're going to be praying. It's going to be exciting. Don't miss out. Come down here. It's going to start as soon after half past seven as we can. So we're going to open doors half seven and just get in and get going. We're not going to be like, we're not going to be foot touching or elbow touching or just nodding or, or whatever it is that you feel that you need to do nowadays. We're just going to get in and get cracking. Is that all right? So this week, last week, Andy was here last week, raise your hands, can't really see any hands, but yeah, I'll take you all get your hands raised. Andy was brilliant, wasn't he? We started a, a, our Money March series, and uh, I'm really going to carry on from where Andy was last week, which is talking about finances, and Andy said last week is that one of the things that we have to do is we, <laughs> this is like slightly pun for me, we have to have two legs. I've got two legs, if you don't know about me, I've got like two partially false legs, um, so I've got two legs, thank you very much, but basically got four, because I'm going to get some, some extra ones coming as well. And I thought I'm going to leave them out for hide and seek, just to wind the kids up, just uh, lying from under a duvet or something like that. But um, it says it takes two legs, and what he meant by that is by, I mean, we, we're called to be generous, but we've also got to be good stewards. We've got to balance the two together. We've got to balance the two of our finances. It's no good being generous and being ridiculously in debt. And as Andy said last week, no point being from Yorkshire and having a few moths in the old wallet and, uh, you know, the old banknotes that come out are like past expiry date. (laughs) Uh, We don't want to be tight. We don't want to be, it's not the money that we, money is just a tool. It's not for us to build up stuff for ourselves. It's to flow through us to get out to other people. So we should be good stewards. We go, they don't go together, they go together. And Andy gave some great examples of that last week. And this week I want to move on. And I really want to get into the stewardship thing that we talked about last week. And today's talk is called, Who's the Owner? Who's the Owner? So first of all, I want to say, what is stewardship? Because it's a bit of a funny word, and I think as stewards of, like, sometimes the people that, like, 
in a hotel you get a steward sometimes that looks after you or something like that or on a, on a plane you get the stewardess the stewards don't you that come and they look after you and they give you the drinks or sell you the drinks if you're on the cheaper ones um, but this, the dictionary defines stewardship as this the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care I don't know about, don't know about you but have you ever stayed in someone's house when they're not there like I've been, I remember thinking this was my grandma's house she was away we were staying there and it's, it's not like, you know, Matt the other week talked about basically squatting in someone's house in Manchester. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, being invited. Um, it's a bit weird, right? Because sometimes you're familiar with the, bit, the place, sometimes you might not know it, but really you, you realise how much you associate it with the people and not just the venue, if one sense. And there might be pictures of there, pictures of people that you know, pictures of people that you don't know. It just doesn't feel always quite like you're right at home. And when you're there, you treat it differently, don't you? You're a bit more careful than you might be with your own home, hopefully. You tidy up more. Why? Because it's not yours. You know it. You know that someone's given you, lent you, offered you the, their place, and you want to do a good job, you want to look after it, you want to steward it, you want to be a good steward. And it's the same in other areas of our lives. And one of the things, the good things that's happened in, in our life this year was that we were, we were basically given a, a brand new car, and this is, I'm going into my real materialistic side, so go with me on this, right? But like, while I was in hospital waiting to have um, my amputation operations, one of the things that cheered me up a bit was that I realised that I was going to be able to, I'd be eligible for one of these like motability cars, so you can, you can get a car. Um, got to be honest, I, I wouldn't swap the situation that I had before for what I've got now, but every cloud. <laughs> and, uh, and I was kind of thinking, that's it. And... And so, essentially, like, in December, we got given, like, a £40,000 car that I got to choose from a list um, and spec what we wanted on it for three years, for free, essentially. We don't pay any servicing, we don't pay any insurance, we just have to fuel it, and it uses an awful lot of screen wash for some reason. <laughs> and there's this stuff called AdBlue, which is a bit of a stinger as well. But, um, but yeah, we just, it just, it's not, we've been given it, and that's really good. It's pretty good, right? But it's not ours. And I'm really conscious of that. It belongs to someone else. I don't actually know who it belongs to. <laughs> but it's not my name on the thing. I don't get the logbook that, that you get when you get a car. I just get a, uh, if I want to go abroad, I have to write off and say, is it all right if I go abroad? And then they send you a letter and saying, yeah, it's all right. Or no, it's not probably at the minute. But, um, <laughs> but it's not ours. I'm real con conscious of that, that I want to keep it clean and tidy. Not just so that when people come in, it's clean and tidy. We've got two kids. You know what it's like if you've got kids. Like, I've cleaned the car, vacuumed it the other day. Within 10 minutes of Isla getting back in it, it's like, it doesn't look like I've touched it. Like, but I want to be a good steward. I want to give it back in good condition because it's not mine. It's been given to me, and I'm just stewarding it for the period that we've got it, then it's going to go back. And that's the topic of today. Who's the owner? Because as Christians, we believe that it's all God's. Everything. Everything belongs to him. It's his money in your wallet. It's his wallet. His, his wallet. It's his wallet. But it's his money in your purse. It's not yours. Did you know that? It says this in Psalm 24, verse 1. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and all who live in it. Everything. You can't get more than everything, right? There's nothing bigger. Everything. Now then, I know that when we grow up very early, very early, we get a concept of mine, don't we? As dad of two young kids, very aware of this right now. Everything is mine. I keep on telling Isla, nothing is yours. <laughs> I'm hard lines, it's all mine or mummy's. 
just so she learns. Doesn't, hasn't, it doesn't work, but I've tried it. And, and I think as we, as we get older, hi, Isla, waving at me a bit there. <laughs> as, as we get older, we maybe, we maybe get a bit better at it, right? But some of us more than others. But we can still hold on to that notion that stuff is mine. Maybe, I know in my life, there's areas of my life where I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want a lawnmower? I don't own a lawnmower, but if I had a lawnmower, you could borrow that every day of the week. And then it's be like, you want to borrow my road bike? What? No. We have these areas, right, where it's just, feel, go with me, it's not just me. Don't make me the most selfish person in this room, please. Like, but we have that tendency, but, that, but, that, but that's mine, but that's mine. And it's like, no, it's not yours, it's God's. It's just been lent to you. You've just been given stewardship of it for a time. We go to kids' parties, <laughs> and, and what the thing is, no, just share, just share. And it's like, you know it's not going to land, but you're trying, to, you're trying to look like a good parent in front of all the other ones. Don't flipping share, they're a numpty. You take it, you take what's fine. But like, just share, just share. And we try and do it, we keep on going with it. Your house, do you know that? Your house is not yours. It's probably the bank's, if you, if you own it, you've got a mortgage. But what I mean is, it's not, even if you paid off your mortgage, and well done if you have, if it's your name on the deeds, it's still not yours. It's God's. The earth is the Lord's and everything, just say everything, everything in it. We are all just stewards. And we've been looking at stewardship and in particular in the area of finances. And a great example of financial stewardship is in one of the parables that Jesus tells. It's called the parable of the talents. Anyone know it? Good. We're going to read it anyway if you don't know it, so we're just going to go through this. And it's in the book of Matthew and it says this. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, he called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered, me to me, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He, also had received, he who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you, delid, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him again, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you are, have what is yours. But his Lord answered him and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that, that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would, I would have received back my own in, with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This passage is all about stewardship. 
doesn't mention the word by name, doesn't use steward. It's also about money. There's some people that say Jesus never talked about money. Jesus just talked about money right there. There's other examples of Jesus talking about money. But just to let you know, Jesus did talk about money. <laughs> some Christians get really hung up on it being an Old Testament thing. No, it's a New Testament thing as well. And basically, a talent is not Britain's got talent. It's not the person that could like juggle the most hula hoop things or, or whatever. A talent is an amount of money, and it's equated roughly to like a lump sum of all your year's salary put together. So if you think like 30 years, whatever, however long it is that we work, all that, a big lump sum. So even one talent is still thousands and thousands of thousands of pounds, yeah? yeah? It's not a gift. He wanted three servants to manage his money whilst he was away. The money never stopped being the property of the original owner. And when he returned, he expected an increase on each talent because that is stewardship. So he's got these servants and to each one he gives different amounts and he gave five to one, two to another, one to, to the other one. And as I said, even remember, one is still like lots of money. It's not like he's just given like one 100 grand and one a fiver. It's still a significant amount of money. But what's important here is it says in verse 15, the Bible says that, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to their own ability. And immediately he went on the journey. So I think what's happened is that previously these servants, they've had a little bit of a previous track record in how they've handled things for their master beforehand. And so based on what they've done before, he's given them an amount according to what he believed they can handle. They've proved themselves in handling things in the past, how they maybe handled smaller amounts, and we're now having the faith shown in them with more. And maybe this morning, you are wanting more of something. But I just want to suggest that the reason you've not been given it is that God knows you can't handle it yet. I remember some years ago being out for a walk, along, going down the river, alongside the river down to Bishop Thorpe, being out on my own, and, and I used some of that time to pray, and I was pretty frustrated. And I remember praying on the walk, saying, God, I just oh, give us some more money, get some more finances our way. And I remember getting this thought come right back to me, clear as day. And I don't say that we don't go to speak, and God told me this, but this thought just dropped into my mind, really clear. It doesn't happen that often, that's why I remember it. It said, why would I give you more money when you can't even handle what you've got now? And I was like, fair point. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's true. I couldn't. And so I, I thought, right, what am I going to do? And I went away and I worked on it. And I got better. Don't get me wrong, still got room to go. But I got, as I got better, stuff happened. Do you know that when you give, when you give with the right heart, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. God sees that and God rewards that. When you become a good steward, do you know that God sees that as well? When, God, when, when you say, I'm going to get a hold of my finances, I'm going, to make it, I'm going to get right financially, God sees that and he'll reward that as well. He'll see that and he'll reward that. It takes two legs. Just remember that. As Andy said last week, it's generosity and it's stewardship. And you know, I got our finances back in order and down the line we had some money to buy a, a new cars and money to actually saved up for stuff. You know, like actual money, like not just a little bit, but proper money. And then ultimately that gave us, that led to us being given money towards a deposit for a house. But it started with wanting to be a good steward and deciding, this, I've got to get this back on track. I've got to get this back on track. And we always say, if you can do it for me, you can do it for you. So if you're there this morning, this is what we need to do. So I've got three points for you on stewardship. Are you still there? Good on you. So number one point is this. You are already a steward. You don't choose to become a steward. We are already stewards. Whether you know it or not, 
God, the owner of everything, has given every single one of us a precious resource to look after. Whether we've embraced that challenge or not is another thing. But what I want to ask you this morning is this. What kind of steward are you? So our goal is to be good stewards, right? Financially, you might not think of yourself as that rich, but you know in the scale of the world, we're all pretty rich in the West. We're all rich in the eyes of some people in other parts of the world. But we're stewards of far more than money or possessions. If all I had to do in my life was look after this car that I'd been given, A, my life would be really boring. <laughs> just out, out, wash it, and vacuum it, get out, get next day. You, you see it, don't you, on some driveway? I'm not having a go. But like, it, it would be, but like, it would be really easy as well. If all I had to do was look after one thing, keep it looking nice and shiny, it'd be pretty boring, but it's quite easy. God's given us way more than that. He's given you, you. He's given you a body. He's given you a soul. He's given you the gift of life. Every one of us is uniquely talented in certain areas. More than that, there's this phrase called imago Dei. It means image of God. We bear the likeness of God. He's given us his own image. We are made to look like him so that we might have material things. We might have the money, possessions, relationships, but we've also got the internal things. We've got the mind, we've got the body, and the soul. And God has given us stewardship over every single one of those things in our lives. But here's what happens. Stewards are called to protect and expand. We're supposed to bring an increase in what we do. The parable of the talents talks about that. The five talents steward increased by another five. The two increased by a two. The thing is, when all is said and done, when we come to the end of it all, when we die... <laughs> we're going to have to give an account of how we lived our lives. And you know what? It will not be about money. It will be about lives. How many lives have we impacted? How many lives have we helped change? How many lives have we helped bring into a relationship with God so that people can know and experience the peace and the love and the forgiveness and the understanding and just the adventure of being in a relationship with God? These phrases we've got over here, making disciples, planting churches, reaching cities, we want to impact the lives for good. We didn't just think, that sounds good, let's stick it on a banner. No, there's a purpose behind it. And money is a tool to help us achieve that. But it's about lives. Money is important because if we're poor stewards of what we've been given, then we won't bring any increase in any area. Who knows? I know if, one, if you're drowning in debt, you're living from payday to payday, you can't be generous. Or you can be generous, but not the generous that you want to be. So when you hear about people giving away big things or holidays or cars or, or just like a week's worth of shopping and, and you're like, I want to be in that situation but at the minute because I'm not stewarding my life well enough, all I can give you is, is, a, is a free coffee. That's great. Don't get me wrong. It's good to give stuff away but wouldn't it be great if we could be better stewards of stuff? We can give away more. But you can't if, you're living, if we're not going to be good stewards. If we're poor stewards of our time, it's exactly the same. It's not just money. It's not just money. Every single one of these areas... If we're poor stewards financially, poor stewards in health, poor stewards in relationship, poor stewards spiritually, you get it? It all has a knock-on effect. It all has a knock-on effect. God wants us to be good stewards. We've got at the centre of everything. Just Can we put that one up with God? There we go. Look at that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like magic. Putting God at the centre, but being good stewards of our finances, good stewards of our lives, of our relationships, of our spiritual life so that we're not limited. Good stewards protect and expand the resources of another. If you look at banks, we put money in banks 
because we expect them to protect and expand our resources, don't we? That's why when we had the banking crisis, we were naturally really upset with them because they didn't do that. And we were trusting them to, to keep hold of our money, do what they're supposed to do, and they didn't. So we say, well, at least protect it. At least the interest, interest rates at the minute, they're maybe not expanding too much. But if we don't trust a bank, then that bank won't succeed. You might use different banks, and that's not a bad thing. You have different options. You've got something in HSBC, something in Barclays. You've got a little bit down in Halifax. That, that's all good. But we are God's banks. He puts things and people our way and expects us to protect and grow them, to move them forward, to be good stewards. He's not just made you a steward of money. He's made you a steward of other things as well, which is the second point, which is this, that we are stewards of people. You all okay? We're stewards of people too. Now, you might be an employer. You might be a boss. There's many people working for you. You might be a parent. You might just have people in your life, friends that you look out for, and that, that's what friends do. God has given us people to look after, every single one of us. And at some point in your life as well, your safety and well-being has been entrusted to different people. People have had to be stewards of you. Parents, you can think of, obviously, teachers, employers, leaders. And if I ask you right now to think about all the people that at some point or another have been looking after you, then hopefully you can think of some highlights. People that did a good job. They were excellent stewards of you. Chances are as well, though, that there's maybe a few that didn't do such a good job. We've had the experience of a bad steward. Maybe the memories of that are pretty painful, especially if it's a, a close family member or something like that. But you know, what we can do is we can use that as a pos um, that bad experience to drive us to be determined to not be like that in our lives, that we're going to be good stewards of people, good stewards of finances, good stewards of resources. You know, in Global, we're an entrepreneurial church, and maybe you want to have your own business one day. Maybe it's, it's just making some money from a hobby and a, like a, a side interest and turn it into a bit of a sideline. Maybe you just want to get a promotion at work. Maybe you want to become a leader. The way to get there is good stewardship. God cannot and will not promote poor stewards. If you can't handle one employee, you're not going to be able to handle 100. Those words in my head keep on coming back to me. Why would I give you more money when you can't even manage what you've got now? It says in Luke chapter 16, it says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, stewarding, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Whether it's people, whether it's possessions, whether it's money, if we can handle that little, we'll be trusted with more, We've got to be good stewards. My third point is this, final point. Three is this, settling accounts. Da, da, da. Settling accounts, it's not a phrase that we like, is it? In some cases. In the parable from Matthew, the parable of talents, it says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The master came back to settle up with them, settle the accounts. And you know what? We're going to have to settle our accounts with God one day too. He's coming back. Jesus, Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. But we, don't, we do know that one day, someday, we have to stand before God and give him the count. And I said, it's not so much about finances, it's about everything. But all I know, on that day, what I want to hear 
are the same words that the five-talent steward heard. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I think that's what we all want to hear, right? You want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You did a good job. You've moved people from here to there. You brought people in. We've grown numerically. There's so many more people that are are Christians now in York because of the effect that we've had of the church. So many people that are Christians now in this country is the effect that we've had of a church. You know, we're in testing times, as we know, but got to say this, guys, it's no worse than what countless generations have experienced before in history. In fact, it's a lot better than countless generations have experienced before throughout history. The early church was built around famine, plagues. Millions have died throughout history. And now this is our time. And this is our turn to face something. We, as the church, can make a huge difference to humanity right now. And I believe that we're going to see growth that we've not expected to see through the situations that are going to go on right now. That over the next few weeks and months, we're going to be ready. We've got to be ready for it, for people that are feeling anxious, people that are feeling fearful. And God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear and timidity. We've got to be ready. We sing a song. We didn't sing it this week, which I forgot about when I was writing this, but never mind, go with me. It sang it last week. It says, and the words are said, there's a world outside your window. Don't you dare hide your light. That's not us singing to God. That's him saying it to us, right? Don't hide your light right now. Don't don't be the lighthouse that turns your light off and let all the boats crash into the rocks. You're supposed to be a lighthouse. supposed to be bringing hope. Not supposed to be putting crap out on Facebook. Supposed to be bringing hope. Sorry for my words, but... Can I just be level with you? Can we just be actual Christians and be good news to people? Come tonight, because that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing that. Let's be ready. If we're poor stewards in our life, then there's going to be big implications. It says that in the text, in the parable. But being a poor steward, it's not going to keep you out of heaven, but the Bible says there are rewards available for us there. Jesus told us, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told us to lay up treasures for yourself in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Treasures in heaven. And you think, wow, it's a, well, I don't know what, what that means. I was thinking about like, how do I equate this? Cause I like to give analogies, even though they're probably not, not, not interesting. But, you know, it helps me. I usually go sport because sport I get, I get hold of. And I was thinking, it's a bit like being on an airliner. You've got like your economy, economy plus, business first. And I thought, it's too, it's too small. It's not like there's, there's three classes. And I was thinking, cruise ships, because it's topical at the minute. <laughs> I've never been on a cruise ship. I quite like to go to New York on the Queen Mary. I thought it'd be pretty cool to, to go into New York on like a real, like the, the, what is, I don't know if it's the best boat, but in my mind, it's like, it looks good. It's like a line, old school, like, and I thought, I looked at the Queen Mary last night and there's so many different types of accommodation on it. There's loads. And the main thing is, is that you're on the boat, right? Go with me on this. We're on it. We're in heaven, right? So the, the boat is heaven, right? We're there. And so the main thing is you're on it because it's mint and there's so much good stuff there. But you know, there's loads of levels of, of accommodation. I just put the first picture up. So this is, like, this is like the entry level. And you look at that and think, do you know what, that's not bad. But it's more like, like, like a, it's got a bunky bed sort of thing. You've got, you got a kettle and wine and probably a TV. It's, not, it's all right, no window, optional. But like, you know, think that's all right, I'm all right with that. 
I'm all right with that because the main thing is I'm, I'm there, I'm on the cruise, I'm going to New York, it's going to be amazing, right? And so I'm quite happy with that, this will do me fine. And then as you start to walk around the ship, you notice that there are other cabins and things like that, that some of them have got windows, luxury, some of them have got balconies, they've got bigger beds, they've got sofas. And then just go to the next picture, you happen across this one, the penthouse, multi-floor, multi-room, it's basically an apartment, and you're like, now I'm not so loving my double bed and my no window. Yeah? You get the picture. Crowns in heaven, treasures stored up in heaven. I'm not saying, but it's just an analogy of thinking, we don't know what's stored up. Let's store these treasures up in heaven because it's mint that we're going to be there, but let's make the most of it. Let's have the best time when we're there, yeah? It's going to be great. We don't talk about it that much, and, 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 and we should do because it's all going to happen. It's, it's coming. We believe it. It's not like something that's airy-fairy. And, and it, it's, this is from Jesus. This is what he's saying. Store up your crowns in heaven. Poor stewardships means we won't be given more of God's resources. We struggle to be generous and we struggle to, to live a peaceful life because there's always niggles. You know that situation when they just can't be peaceful because it's just a niggle of the situation we're in. And I want to suggest that maybe that's because we're not being good stewards in every area of our life. But there's good news. We all need good news at the minute, don't we? So you want the good news? No matter what kind of a steward you've been up till now, one talent, two talent, five talent, you do not have to stay there. We can all change. We can all move up. And I said at the beginning, when we're going to get our finances together and not just say it, but actually do it, God sees that. He'll reward that. We become a good steward by being faithful with what you have and you will be trusted with more. And a lot of it, I think, boils down to how you see God. Because if you don't trust him and don't believe that he's got your best interest at heart, then you might not be a good steward of all that he's given you. And maybe today you believe that you'll do a better job of managing your own interests than God will. So I want to ask yourself, how do you see God? If you want to understand what God is like, time's going, I'm not going to go there. But read the story of the prodigal son where you can, just see, you can just see clearly how good God is. He's the father in that story, if you don't know it. Spoiler alert. And, and giving us everything. He gives us everything. He welcomes us back, despite the fact that we don't deserve it. So I'm going to finish this morning by asking you again, what kind of steward do you want to be? Hopefully you want to be a good one. So let me encourage you, just as we finish, you're going to trust God with your life, your finances, Everything, it's all his. He's the owner, not you, not me. We're just stewards. We're just looking after it for him. And our job is to increase it and to grow it, to protect it, become a good steward. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 